part-time fanboy. Uh, Dave, meet Phil Mucci. Phil Mucci, meet Dave. Dave and Joe know each Hello. other, but except for me, nobody knows Phil. But Phil, he's always a great guy to talk to, and his stuff is horror related. So, awesome. I just, cool. Hi, Phil. He's always invited. Hey. He was on last year for the horror podcast. So, what did what, what did you guys discuss with Phil last year? Which one was it, Phil? It was um, it was an, uh, an Atorado. That's right. That's right. That's what, right. What was it? Atorados, a uh, oh, I think Atorados. it's Argentinian uh, horror so film. So good, it's super crazy. I love it. Is so. that older or is that kind of uh, recent? No, it's. I think it's like five or six years old. Okay. The guy's I got another I, I, one coming out. Yeah, I think I heard of it actually. Yeah, when, Aterrados. When it was out. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. I'm surprised this Hollywood's not done a. A version of it? <laughs> not yet. Guillermo del Toro was talking about that, but it's not really Hollywood because it's it's a different narrative style. Uh, it's it's kind of like episodic, and there's no resolution. It's yeah. just horror horror of the unknown kind of thing, and yeah, like cool. a, a dimension merging with ours and claiming yeah. victims and stuff like that. Oh, it's so good. It's so crazy. Well, he it's should so do crazy. that as he should do that as a streamer show then. <laughs> Like yeah, this cabinet yeah. of curiosities. Thing. Keep keep it going. Keep it going. I haven't watched Cabinet of Curiosities yet. Was it good? Like I, I, I totally... I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, it's, I didn't get around to it. It was hit or miss. Yeah, yeah it's I Twilight thought... Zone-ish. You know. Okay. It's yeah. Okay. Same. Okay. Is that, but uh, the production level of it is gorgeous. Yes. Oh, sure. Is that Peel? <laughs> no, no, that's Guillermo del Toro. Oh, that's right. My yeah, bad. his series yeah, on he, Netflix. Actually, Peel didn't he do a reboot of Twilight Zone? Yes, right? he which did. I not he did. Yeah. Yeah. I not. saw some of it and I didn't love it. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. If That's what I heard. It, I, I didn't check it out. Yeah, but yeah, I heard it was like a little over the top with the preachiness, which is Twilight Zone. I get it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. That's an interesting take. That Twilight Zone always did have that sort of moral to it, and so that yeah. Uh, well, the, yeah. especially the stuff that that he wrote, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. That Sterling wrote. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, that stuff usually had like. I, I it had cool moralizing. I thought it was always really well done. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. People, you know, the genre people can be critical of of the show for that. Like, ah, uh, the overt moralizing, blah blah blah. But I thought it was great. Oh no, I thought it was great. I always loved it. And as a kid, I was just fascinated by. Speaking of Rod Serling, um, my wife gave me this DVD set of. Um, it's called the Golden Age of Television. I don't know if any of you have heard of this, but it's amazing. And it's basically like it's episodes of like, remember how like TV used to be live, uh, like when it first yeah, started, right. like back in the yeah. day. And so well, it's I don't like, remember it in, in person, but <laughs> I mean, I remember boozy. I remember uh, the old, uh, the old Sid Caesar show. I remember watching that. Yeah, no, yeah. but, but it's like, you know what I'm talking about, which is essentially yes. like, and so it's episodes of that stuff. And one of them is like, there's a couple of Rod Serling things in there before he did Twilight Zone, like patterns and oh, yeah. which I don't know if you've ever seen, but I thought it was amazing. Um, 
Serling's a fascinating dude, man. Oh God, yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah. He really is. Did yeah. anyone ever do a biopic of him? No. I'm surprised. I think there's a comic pick, there's about him. Isn't definitely there? Definitely been. I think there is a comic book. Yeah, yeah. I do believe you're right. I think that would be a really cool biopic, actually. And yeah. one of the fam the family's just like Jimi Hendrix. Style. You could do like, you not, could not do a happen. Mad Men style yeah. series about mm -hmm. that guy. Oh yeah. You know, oh, like you could sweet. really take him through the late fifties, sixties. And early seventies. That would be yeah, amazing. Yeah, that would Richard, be amazing. Richard Kelly is Richard Kelly is working on a biopic. Oh really? Of Rod, of Rod yeah. Sterling? As of as of two years ago, he was. Ooh. Let's do it um, before he does. <laughs> yeah. Well, his daughter. His daughter. Uh, I heard her on. I think. I think she was the one that, that was on um, uh, podcast with Dana Gould. Dana oh really? Gould's show. Yeah, I believe he had her on oh, uh, one episode because he's a huge Serling fan because of his work on Planet yeah. of the Apes and stuff. Oh. Oh, yeah, so good, so good. But we're not here to talk Rod Serling, and we've already <laughs> talked about Aterrados, which you can go to the Part Time Fanboy website and check out my conversation with Phil Mucci, which is a great movie. Uh, what is the horror streaming service that my brain is, my old brain is playing? Shutter. Shutter. It's on Shutter. Aterrados. Yeah. Love yeah, Shutter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we are not. Well, I hate their interface. At least I, I cut them off last year after Halloween. <laughs> but uh, I did love the movie, some of the movies that I saw on Shudder, and I'm probably going to sign up again for Halloween. I don't know for October. But um, their interface just sucks, Joe. It's just terrible. I Listen, hate it. I, I you know, agree with that. It's not great. That. And, I, and I've, I've definitely had my share of bugs, actual bugs operating it. Yeah. But at least it's reliable. Half the interfaces, they change all the time. They've got the autoplay, the autoplay menus, so you can't actually browse to see what a cover art looks like. It just starts playing the movie. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, it's a mess. Uh, yeah, streaming services on whole are a mess. I like the content on Shutter. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. I I've, 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 been I've been subscribed to Shutter for a long time. Oh, really? Oh, it's 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 like six years, I think. Oh wow! Tubi oh, has wow. a great interface, guys. Tubi. Tubi is Tubi. Tubi. That's where I watch my Spencer for Hire. That's well, where I get my where, Spencer that, for Hire. That's fans. where. Uh, that's where Mary Tyler. My Mary Tyler Millennials on Tubi. For yes, me, that's so right. I'm that's right. It. We'll get to it, Dave. We'll, we'll get to it. Don't be greedy. Airwolf. We'll get to the plugs. We'll get to the. We'll get to the plugs. Actually, there's a lot of great stuff on there. I was watching 2001. I was like, shit, they have it on here. They have Jake, everything on Jake there. Jake and the fat man. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy it's crazy uh but we are here to talk about black christmas um the yes. 1974 film directed by bob clark actually i thought we were going to be a christmas story but no we're defaulting yeah. to black christmas what about porkies <laughs> porkies oh my gosh i just looked up bob clark's biography and towards the end of his career i just feel like really bad it's like all these Kind of like baby geniuses, movies. dude, and, and baby geniuses was some of the worst. <laughs> I've yeah, never I, I seen couldn't, it. I, I couldn't oh my figure god, out. he did that movie. Yeah, yeah. I worked with Sony, uh, oh, and I had to do quality control, and I'm watching these movies, and Christopher Lloyd, I think, was in some of them, and I'm like, is this like parody? Is it supposed to be so bad that this is funny? Like, I couldn't quite figure out. It was so well not. And uh, let me look at the list here. And this is towards the end of a man's career. So I don't want to judge it too harshly, but it's right. Blonde and Blonder, 2.8 stars on the Internet Movie Database. The Karate Dog, uh, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, uh, Maniac McGee. None of these are well, it doesn't look like many of them are well regarded. And well, Karate Karate Dog was considered a classic. <laughs> so to somebody it is. To somebody it is. It was, but wasn't that just a ripoff of Kung Fu Dog? 
<laughs> oh, no. some, some say karate dog was the big to kung fu dogs like father like son got, got, it, it, got, got it. it all right all right so black christmas this is the part-time fanboy podcast my name is christian horn i could see i'm not going to get a word in edgewise on this podcast but that's <laughs> that's totally fine with me i'm going to introduce my special guests um i have phil moochie on the line moochie like house of gucci that's correct. That's good. And why don't you tell people Ooh. like your bona fides, Phil? Like, like, uh, go ahead and you know tell people uh, why you're here and why I've you know invited you. Besides the fact that you're a lovely chap, I'm also a creep. That's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, the uh, writer of uh, and colorist for Professor Dario Bava, Gringo Loco, uh, two comic books, and. Um, also directed a bunch of music videos, done some animation, short films, stuff like that. All very horror-based or sci-fi-based. Um, so, yeah, that's my bona fides, nice, if you will. Nice, nice. And great stuff, great stuff, which I, I very much enjoy. So so definitely check them Thank out. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and wh your website. Do you have a website? People could check you uh, out? Yeah, check out ProfessorDarioBava.com. Nice. Um, that's where you can get a bunch of stuff and learn more. And we also have uh, DiabolicFilms.com as well. Nice. Diabolic with a K. Yes, yes. Um, Diabolic, right? No, no, Diabolic. Well, I pronounce it <laughs> Diabolic, like the movie Danger Diabolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah, how yeah. I pronounced it. Yeah. But uh, And that was the inspiration for the name of our company. So Yeah, nice. Yes, another great flick that people should check out. A <laughs> crazy flick. Uh, oh, dangerous. totally. <laughs> and uh, next we have Joe Slepsky, correct? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I was listening to our first uh, podcast, and I said Schlep by accident. And I was yeah. like, I'm not going to do it again. I'm oh, not going to do it again. That. I appreciate you putting respect on that name. <laughs> uh, you and every about... single person I've met since I was a kid have pronounced it Schlep. <laughs> tell us about some of your stuff, Joe. And, uh, well, you know. Yeah, well, thanks, Christian. Uh, yeah, I host the Joe on Joe podcast. So yes. it is all about horror cartoons that only... <laughs> Start with G.I. Joe. No, it is a it's a G.I. Joe podcast. Yes, and we yeah. uh, been going for like eight years, and doing, wow, uh, yeah, we've reviewed every episode of the cartoon. We've worked through all 155 issues of the of the Marvel comic book, um, and and uh, we've done things like G.I. Columbo, Cold <laughs> awesome. Slither Behind the Rock, uh, and last summer I put out something uh, uh, that was titled um, uh, Frost Destro. Oh, yeah, a conversation between well, David Frost and you know, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. That's great. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, so that, that's me. That's what I do. And yeah. uh, I love it. And I love talking movies. Yes. And I love horror movies specifically. So I was happy to happy to join you today. No, thank you. I'm, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And you've been on the podcast on this podcast several times. I think our last one might have been the. Uh, the Justice League uh, supercut or whatever they, they want yeah, to call it. Yeah, I think it, it was. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, which is misery for me, but it was a fun podcast to record. <laughs> <laughs> the never-ending story of the Justice League. Oh, but you know what, though? Th that was all worth it for that fabulous joke in the Barbie movie. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so great, so great. All right, and last but not least, we have David Schrader. Woo! David Schrader is on the line. Yeah. David... <laughs> Yeah, the crowd goes, yeah. ah. 
Uh, yeah, David, no, you need to applaud. Trust me. <laughs> tell people about your stuff because I know you're chomping at the bit, and you've got a movie on Tubi right now. So go for it. <laughs> it's on Tubi. It is also on Reveal and can be accessed through Apple TV. So nice. There's there's a little bit of class rubbed off on it as well. Um, nice. I did a comic book. I co-created with a guy named Christian Horn, this brilliant guy um, who was my partner with Baby Badass that's currently in legal limbo. And hopefully we can return to that sometime soon. Yes. But I did a comic called um, Nightmare Theater, an anthology with Clay Adams. We edit and published that through Bloodline Comics. Yep. Uh, we did a book called Carmilla Unbound. And I did a book oh, with Jamie nice. Arrieta called Henchman. Uh, Rafael Garcia Henchman, and that's going to be published by Massive coming out hopefully at the end of the year. And um, I have a movie called Mary Tyler Millennial that is on Tubi and Reveal right now. That is a horror comedy. It's The Shining meets Office Space, and uh, it's free, so don't complain too much. <laughs> oh, jeez. I've seen it. It's very good. Don't complain it's, too it's much. It's a very low-budget film, but it's 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 dark. It's, if you like dark horror, that's, that's it's Is that the tagline on the poster, Dave? Don't complain too much? It's free. No, no. That's, that's, that's my personal thing. Like, you know, what do you want? Um, <laughs> what do you want? Oh, my God. That's so funny. That's so funny. But, you no, know, it's Dave... Gotten, it's gotten some good reviews, and we won a ton of, like, independent film awards. So, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's something to check nice. out. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Definitely check it out. Um, yeah, it is on Tubi. And right now we are record. We always record these early um, for October. Uh, so anyone for anyone listening out there, uh, yeah, just letting you know that. And then these are supposed to be airing in October, but due to the writer strike and the SAG strike uh, in solidarity, we are not supposed to be talking about movies on on this podcast. So. This could be horror movies in January or February. Yeah. I hope not. Please, oh, God. Come on. I, I, wait, I, I'm confused, though. Not. If we're talking about an old film, isn't that just a discussion that's not something we're plugging or, or talking no, about in production? No, if it's studio, it, if it's a studio release or studio tied, it is considered a struck film. So, but it's ah. a Canadian, but it's a Canadian film. Yes, but it's I'm sure like, like, like Warner Brothers count. owns it or somebody I owns it. Like that just doesn't count. Well, hopefully yeah. uh, it will be resolved and this yes. can play sometime or and, and no one will ever hear it. <laughs> no like will ever, well, I, you know, so we're talking about Black Christmas and um, the first thing was, is like, I wanted this to go up on Halloween. Like this will be the Halloween episode because this is, you know, Christmas is basically it's Halloween and Christmas. Nobody cares about Thanksgiving apparently anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, but for me too, the other thing that I wanted to say is like, usually for these Halloween horror episodes, October horror episodes, we talk about a movie that we've never discussed before on this podcast. And Dave is the one who was like, let's do black Christmas. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I realized a couple of weeks, like a week ago, I was like, Oh shit, we talked Black Christmas, but not for the Halloween horror episodes. We talked about it for Christmas, and it was a double feature um, with Silent Night, Deadly Night. A couple of us went to go see it at the New Beverly. This is pre-pandemic. This is like six or seven years ago. So this is the fully dedicated Black Christmas. We usually don't talk about movies that we've talked about before, but you know what? We're dedicating a whole episode to this, and... It is during, hopefully, our October episodes. Again, this could be January, February horror. I don't know. Please, God, end the strike. Somebody end it. 
Um, but yeah, Black Christmas. Dave, you're the one who picked this. You jumped in and you were like almost immediately like, let's do Black Christmas. Why did you choose this film? I got to apologize. I thought it was the 2006 version, guys. No. I, <laughs> I knew someone no. was going to do that. <laughs> it was I very thought it good. Was Black, I thought we were watching Black Sunday. <laughs> No, so uh, no. Super Bowl? I, no. I, I picked it because, and I'm sorry that you did do the double feature before, but uh, I no, guess no. it doesn't count because it was dedicated. So, um, only because you know, I, just like with comics, Christian, when, once we developed Baby Badass, I had to play catch up. Like I, you know, I wasn't as into horror films as a lot of friends of mine are, and you know, I look back and like, yeah, I love like The Shining, I love Kubrick's The Shining, and other movies, and and I started to like more sci-fi horror and some of like even um, like the metaphysical philosophical stuff like Aronofsky and like just the weird stuff, you know? And, and when um, Black Mirror came out, I like that. I said, I guess I like horror, but I don't have the deep knowledge that you guys have. And just like with comics, like I'm not the biggest nerd uh, bonafide, you know, I don't, I don't have that. So Black Christmas to me was like one of those ones I watched because I never saw it before. Just so I saw it a couple of years ago for the first time and I was like blown oh, wow. away by like how good it was. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this is really good. This is not just some like slasher movie. And then like the Bob Clark connection and how I thought it looked a little like, um, I think it's the same DP that did Christmas Story 10 years later, right? And I'm like, man, you could almost do a mashup. You could do a Black <laughs> Christmas story, you know, and you could like recut a trailer and like use footage from from both movies and it could be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I just I was struck by how well done it was. It was it's well crafted. Yeah. And and I realized, oh, this has a lot of um, you know, uh, uh people pay homage to it a lot because it's you know, it's considered like the first slasher film or one of them. And uh, Carpenter's Halloween has a lot to um, to thank for it. Yeah. So I thought it's like kind of a good starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just watched it last night and I was just astounded as to how good it was. I mean, it wasn't the first time I've watched it. Again, I've seen it in the theater at the New Beverly and probably other theatrical screenings once or twice before and seen it. Uh, I think I've, the first time I saw it was on Turner Classic Movies. But watching it last night, I was just like astounded as to how great a lot of the cuts were, uh, like the camera movements and and the a lot of the things happening in this movie were just like blew me away, especially it being like 1974. And uh, maybe it's the Blu-ray transfer or whatever that, you know, it wasn't like super clear. They kept a lot of the grain and stuff, but I, I just loved it. How about uh, Phil or Joe? You want to step in with any thoughts on Black Christmas? Well, I, I would just say like, I, I'm kind of jealous of David for like getting to see it later in your life where you can like really appreciate it yeah. more from an objective point of view because yeah, I've, I'm like Christian. I've seen this movie several times and it's changed for me over the years in terms of like what I thought it was. I watched it on v VHS during the eighties and I'm like, what? This is this is boring, you know, and I watched it again in the nineties, you know, uh, kind of out of just out of college in New York. And I was like, this is actually really fucking great. This movie yeah, were, so is like really, really well directed and really, really well acted. You, you were know? a teenager uh, when you saw it first though, like, like a young teenager kind of. 
Yeah. Yeah, on VHS, really, and it was it was like the Friday the Thirteenth heyday and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and, and in comparison, those it's kind of like it's not so scary. Yeah. Well, it was just not what I was expecting. I wanted the blood and guts. I wanted Evil Dead. I wanted you know mm. at that age, you know mm. what I mean. As I got older and I got more into photography and filmmaking and all that stuff, then I then I grew a new appreciation for it and i watched it again last night just in preparation for this and again it's just it's just kind of revelatory it the movie is just a very well-made movie it's got an incredible cast and it's it's weird and it's yeah. full of court characters i agree with your comment like this this feels like it could have happened in the town that um christmas you know story took place in too because the like every element of this plot is coincides with kind of the town. Like the townspeople are all in it together. They're all on the search for the missing girl. They're all like, it's all kind of this one unit. The plot involves everyone in this like little community. And I thought that was really funny. And it is the same cinematographer as a Christmas story, by the nice. way. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Joe? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did not see. I did not. Well, everything these guys are saying is is definitely spot on. I did. This is one I did not see when I was a kid. Uh, I, I I I'd seen a. I, I mean, we were into like Freddy, things like that. Sure, but I sure. wasn't a really big horror guy. Uh, I've been getting into horror more probably in the last 15, 20 years of my movie experiences. Uh, so I think I saw Black Christmas maybe the first time ten years ago after I was aware that it was considered a classic and I loved it. And I'm a huge Margot Kidder fan. Yes. Obviously the Superman connection there. Um, but I think she's, especially in this era, she just really was a talent, you know? Um, and oh, she, she like pops off the screen. She pops. She is so dynamic. You watch that and you go, that's just someone who's, who's, who needs to be, needs to be a star somewhere else. Uh, you know, it's the trajectory of her life makes me so totally. But but her performance in this is absolutely stellar. You got John Saxon in it, who's oh, awesome. So good. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, everything about this movie's great. But I came. I definitely came to it late. I don't know that I would have connected with it uh, if I hadn't already been like weaned on the science of Halloween. You know, like having yeah. studied that a little bit in college, and um, you know, just just kind of having a background in in the early slashers. If I didn't know that, I don't know that I would have connected with this. But now seeing that and with that eye, it, it is such a great slow burn. Yeah. Um, and there's so many. It's not even that slow at the beginning. No, that's no, really not at the beginning. No, but, but it's like that's, that that's first act. Is like the first victims act. never even get found. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not to jump to the end, but that's one of the quirky things about this movie is it's so peculiar. Um, and the women are strong. And yeah. And it's yeah. also, but it's also got a vibe, uh, a, a, a vibe of a movie probably ten years later. It's got like a, a ski school oh, kind of it's, vibe, it's you like know, ahead of its time kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, like I'm those eighties, it those eighties school comedies. This like would be a horror by, movie version. Like uh, when I remember, like film school, watching um, All About Eve, and I was like, this doesn't seem like an old movie. Like the dialogue was like cracking, and it was witty, and it was fast, and this had like. The, like the, the the dialogue at the police station where Margot Kidder oh. is like kind of fucking with the yeah. the, yes. the yeah. sergeant and like it's just it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the movie but it's just these asides that are really smart and like yep. 
Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It just stood out. It, it. 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 It had something different, and I'm like looking at it, you know, from a lens from now, and I'm like, wow, this movie was ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. and, we call, and we call it slasher. There's some slashy elements to it, but there's not a lot of gore. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, no. A, it's a thriller to me. It's exactly. Kind of, you know, well, you know. Yeah. I, when I was watching it last night, uh, well, so I, I'll never forget the the first time I ever saw it. It happened to be like on Turner Classic Movies, like in the middle of the night or something. And and I'm like Dave. I I came to it like later in life. I I don't think I was aware of it. I knew that it existed and stuff. But the idea of like watching kind of like horror movies, um like during Christmas, it was just like never a thing, but I found myself like not being able to sleep one night during the Christmas season and I had recorded it. Right. And I was just like, okay, let me watch this. And the thing that struck me from begin the beginning to the end of the movie is like, like Joe said, slow burn, but for me, it's just, it's creepy as fuck. Like it's so creepy. It just like, it's like, there's this, the, there's this guy and he's in the house. Nobody knows he's in the house. And there's no like, like super, like there's no manufactured sort of like, uh, like, like, uh, what is it? Like tautness to it. You know what I mean? Everything's just kind of like happening, you know? Well, it's like handled like it's real. Like if yeah, they were, yeah. If they were, yeah, yeah. If they were getting the these calls, of, what they would yeah. they do? Oh, they go to the police, they, you know, and, and, and the father would show up and the girl's missing and like, it's just handled like it's real. And then the they girls ask, are you know, real. Shots when the camera's moving through the killer's like perspective and, yeah. and, and yeah, it's, it's taut. I think. Uh, and it feels cold I, it, too. It's, it starts with the, it starts with the, the, the behavior of the girls. Yeah. They are all so real. They're all played absolutely for real. Yeah. They're not running around, you know, uh, in, in bikinis having pillow fights. Andrea Martin, <laughs> yeah. guys. Andrea, Andrea Martin's Martin, the this. great Andrea I Martin. I know. They're, they're, they're real students trying, you know, trying to have a party at Christmas or trying to, you know, survive Christmas break and stuff, having real conversations about real life stuff. There's no, there's no faux-ness fo- to it. Yeah. Andrea and it, Martin. It's also kind of the definition of that, that Hitchcock uh, suspense yeah. definition where the audience knows from like the first reel that there's a bomb under the table. You know, the, there's a killer in this house in, yeah. in the attic and, and stuff is about to go down and it just leaves you there. And then you're like, Oh my God, you know, after there's an early kill, but then later it's like 40 minutes of like plot development and characters yeah. mm-hmm. uh, stuff. That's all very interesting before the next thing happens. Yeah. That's why it's more of a thriller to me. Cause it's, it's just, the tension is just building and building and building the whole time. Yeah. Um, and we know, we know what it's the potential is because of that great first reel of, of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Andrea Martin, that character, I, uh, I know we're going to segue to her, but uh, I was listening to the commentary. Gilda Radner was yeah. originally a character of uh, so weird. Of Phil, I think she's called. Yeah, but she got picked up for Saturday Night Live and and could you know couldn't do the show. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's so weird because what I wanted to say about Andrea Martin is like if you were casting Andrea Martin with the knowledge of what she would become, I almost feel like she would have been the Margot Kidder character, right? Like because she's because her right. comedy's like loud and bawdy and stuff like that and. 
kind of like, you know, silly and, you know, and, and I could imagine her like just being the over the top, like drunk, you know, in the movie that everyone's just like, oh my gosh. But like the, the way that Margot Kidder plays it to everyone's point oh here is like, it's very yeah. real, right? Like she's mm -hmm. very sad. Like I wanted her to be the lead of the movie. <laughs> I still do. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how, how well she would be a great lead. You know, she's kind of like stumbling. She's a mess, folks. She's a mess. <laughs> You know, yeah, she's, no, the lead, uh, she's the lead in her own movie. Yeah, like, yeah, she's yeah. Having her own <laughs> yes, movie. Yes, yeah, that's happens it. Happens to end that's with totally a it. with a unicorn. Chess so piece. we should mention uh, Olivia. Is it Hussein or Hussey? H Hussey? I think it's Hussey. 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 Um, Hussey. So yeah. she tells a story, and she's great. You know, she's. Some people would uh, say she's like whatever. I, I think it's fine. I like, think she's pretty good, actually. I yeah, and, and she is what she's supposed to be in it. Yeah. She's sweet. Like she's plays a sweet girl yeah. in this. And mm -hmm. so yeah. Steve Martin, apparently, the story is that Steve Martin ran into her in Hollywood in the 70s and he's like, You star in one of my favorite movies. Oh, my favorite movie. I think he said my favorite movie. And she's yeah. like, Oh, like Romeo and Juliet? And he said, No, Black Christmas. Like, <laughs> Black so Christmas. And then so it's got a following. Yeah. Um, well, apparently Elvis <laughs> Presley and his family would watch it every christmas and <laughs> apparently they still do like uh, yeah. that's that's one of the things that that olivia hussey mentioned in the documentary that was on the blu-ray that i bought but like wow. whatever whatever happened to him <laughs> i don't know that elvis he was going places I think um, they made a biopic of him recently <laughs> i think so that wasn't very good um in any case uh the whole like the the thing that i was trying to say earlier too is that it it you know and to dave's point like christmas story like i really I think this was shot in like from like March to May or something at some point. And I guess in Canada. So it was still cold up there. Or Toronto. Something. Yeah. But, oh Toronto. yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, the thing of it is, is like, that's part of like the environment, right? It's like, it feels cold, like legit. Like if you've ever lived through a winter, like so much of it, that's part of what feels familiar about it, right? It's just that right. it's just like in winter, winter's really unforgiving, especially once you get to that point with the the missing little girl, right? And and yeah. it's just like, oh wow. Like it just doesn't feel And it's all very dark. Like yeah. you only get one little section of like the day after the first night where it's a little bit of daylight, but most of it's like in dark wooden interiors out in dark parks looking for things. Yeah. And, uh, it ha it definitely has like this heavy cold winter feeling beyond the fact that we also are feeling like oh oh there is a killer we know there's a killer we yeah. saw him sneak into the house yeah you know? <laughs> yeah, winter, yeah winter yeah. settings give you such a such an atmosphere it's uh, yeah from, it's from the obvious you know, snow and stuff on the ground but all the characters they're all dressed in these you know great sweaters and yeah, huge, yeah, great, yeah. <laughs> huge coats you know like there's yeah, always the this huge furry coat <laughs> yeah every actor always has something to do when they enter or exit a scene right because there's they could take off coats they could there's just stuff for people to do when it's when when you're in winter time because that's it's just harder to to do stuff yeah and that just adds an element to a film of just reality and Pace to it, 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 yeah. well, it brings you in. It's like a warm yeah. fire. It's like it's kind of like cozy, yeah. and then it gets creepy, and it's like then it's cozy oh, again, and it's yeah. creepy again. You know, and back plus, yeah. plus, yeah, plus the the fact that it is set at Christmas, you you it, it tugs on all of your emotions around Christmas. I mean, that's that's the obvious one of. You, you just have most people have warm feelings around Christmas, except for uh, what's her name from Gremlins, and <laughs> Phoebe Cates. <laughs> Yeah, and Margot Kidder in this movie. Like, yeah, and Margot Kidder apparently. Yeah, um, you know, it's just you just have that, so it's just a it's a great dichotomy. 
Yeah. 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 I think so much of it is, and you made a great point, Joe, about like it being winter and people wearing coats. Like, I mean, today in movies, everyone kind of like looks the same almost like they, like they almost went shopping at the same store to like wear their clothes. And it's like, there's something about the seventies, right? Like, you know, like I watched the French connection uh, oh, several oh, oh. weeks ago again and talk I was, about great coats yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean it just it just it doesn't feel like it's like set designed you know what i mean it yeah. feels like you walked out yeah. onto the street even something like saturday night fever right it's just like oh, they are so, all oh yeah totally yeah i mean it just feels like you, everyone has their own sort of like personal style the way they dress i mean uh what's your the the first girl that goes missing her boyfriend he had this giant like fur like like what is he wearing even like was that was it that... looks like a wookie fur coat yeah <laughs> it totally does that's cure delay from two, the aforementioned 2001 <laughs> no no not cure delay the other guy the other guy no, the, the guy that, that comes in and, and talks to the, the boyfriend of the first victim yeah the first victim oh i i thought i thought i thought he had the big fur coat no no, no, no. Kier yeah, didn't have it no too. no and he Kier didn't and they, have it no it was the other guy yeah yeah they kind of comment on how like you know the girls came there the cops didn't take them seriously then he came in and raised hell like okay we'll start looking like that's they there's commentary on that as oh well. yeah like, like yeah oh yeah it, it, it's just sure. it's, it's just really well done like yeah it's real it feels real no, there, those there's, there's a really funny aspect to it that's come become more clear to me too is like uh, oh Christian and I have talked about this before on, on other shows about like the idea of uh, how like in our modern horror environment or thriller type stories, it's it's a lot of over explaining. We get too much exposition and that's not scary at a certain point. It, it's almost never scary. Right. Um, so what's really cool about this movie is like there's this whole drama that plays out between these characters that involves a serial killer, but their own like personal issues and stuff seem to explain the world to them in their within their bubble and the serial killer just gets away with it and is like you know i i guess i should have said spoiler alert this is a <laughs> film ladies yeah. and gentlemen uh, <laughs> yeah and and it's just a really funny commentary because the world that they've created with their within their personal dramas that happen within you know between the main characters, it's a sexist kind of misogynist kind of patriarchal structure that um, everybody kind of plays their part in in maintaining e- even yeah. the women you know as strong as they are um, and the strongest ones kind of get killed. Um, and it's a really funny commentary on human nature. I don't know if that was totally intentional or if we're put if i'm putting like this you know looking back at the past you know kind of uh, I mean, interpretation on it but it, it is kind of funny that this at the end of the movie you don't they don't get the bad guy and the bad guy's still there yeah we never meet the bad guy the story yeah we yeah. never, we never the bad really guy. eat him yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, have a, I, have a, I have a question for you because i i haven't quite got the answer definitively um, when it's basically like the call is coming from inside the house, um, is this is that where it originally came from? I, I, I think there no. were other movies around the time. I know a stranger no. calls. Well, but stranger calls. But... I, I heard that technically, like this is kind of the first time that. that oh, well, I think technically it was used. Yeah, it was an urban legend before this. Yeah, movie. it was an urban right. legend. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was an urban oh, legend. Okay. 
but they yeah. do it very well in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's almost yeah. it's almost like painful. Like he keeps running back. Like the you see the old phone systems. You're like Jesus Christ. I know that. Oh my god. Like, you know, it's like, I, it wasn't long enough. You got to hold them on longer. I got to run all the <laughs> yeah. hundred yards down here and like plug in a wire. Now it's like your phone goes off and it's like scam likely and it's like whoop you just shut it off. Like you can't do the crank calls anymore. I mean we haven't talked about the genius of the crank calls, but like I mean so good. It's so disturbing. I I mean I'll never forget like sitting. You know, the rest of my family's asleep. You know, I've got the Roku with my headphones on and I'm sitting in the dark and the Christmas tree is like glowing over there in the corner. And it's just like, the, blah, 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 you know, and I'm just like, that is creepy as fuck. C word, C word, C word. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. that's the other thing. They don't oh. hold back with the language. No. or like, I want you to suck my, and it's just like, holy cow. Like, well, like this is 1974. Uh, this, yeah, is, but isn't the same year as uh, Exorcist was 73? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Exorcist might have been 72 or something like I that. I think it's 73. 70. I'm just guessing. Yeah, um, and Texas Chainsaw came out this year. I'm on IMDb. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at moving years for some reason. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's, no, it yeah, but that doesn't mean that everyone... Of, like, the Exorcist, you know, that, that dialogue of the phone guy. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Apparently, they, apparently they filmed it. Uh, the girls didn't actually hear any of that. They just said oh, the guy, really? the director was off screen saying, saying dirty stuff, but nothing crazy. Then in post, they went in and added the hardcore, the, the oh my I want to F this and see that and all that stuff. So their reactions were playing to stuff that the director was saying, but not to what we actually hear in the finished piece. Yeah, but even for today, I mean, all that language oh, is still pretty it, strong, right? It's and, hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, totally. and I mean, yeah. you know, to Dave's point, I mean, if we're talking about The Exorcist, though, it's not like everyone was, I mean, obviously The Exorcist made a huge splash, but I don't think everyone was like, your mother sucks cocks and like everyone was like lining up to do that, right? Like, you know what I mean? So I don't like, like the phone calls are just like, I remember hearing it for the first time and even last night night while I was watching the movie and and I was just like holy cow like it's really I don't disturbing know, my mother my mother put that on my uh, christening invitation some people were influenced by it I, yeah, I know right but I mean I just the Italians so much of that is like well hey, just trying to deflect from the heat they got from Godfather <laughs> I think that like like that's the thing is, 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 you know, I don't know that, that younger people today can understand. I, I mean, could you understand the nature of a prank call? Like the way it was, like it used to be done for fun, but you know, every once in a while, someone would give you that creepy prank call and they wouldn't necessarily follow it up or anything, but like just the yeah. nature of this and being sort of like vulnerable and the way that he's talking, like you said, Joe, I mean, it's, it is hardcore. It's just give like, it like, give and it it's like gross. 20 years. And there's going to be, if, if even that long, there's going to be a resurgence of, of the, the uh, jerky boys. And the, <laughs> yeah, the, young right? kid, yeah. the young kids are going to be like, did you know that you used to be able to call people and not, you know, get their social security number when they called you? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? You could be a completely anonymous person. And here's a whole group of dudes that did this all the time. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. Phone, That's phone calls were a much bigger deal. Just like flying on a plane with people dressed up like a phone call was like, I'm getting a phone call, everybody. Be quiet. Yeah. And, phone in the um, house. And so, like, I, you know, growing up, you'd see on sitcoms, like, someone would get a prank call and the, the guy's breathing heavy in the phone. They're like, I got another heavy breather. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, we knew that that was a thing that people did. Like, yeah. even Apple, back this is to, like, for you. Well, I'm sure if, when phones were invented, I'm sure the next day there was a guy breathing heavy calling someone. You know, it's like, 
Oh, hell yeah. No, but so did you guys know that this film was called Silent Night, Evil Night in America? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. of studio executives. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's I, had a bunch of names. Yeah. The one it's thing that I wanted thing. to point out about the phone call, though, too, is like, and like it even gets to Margot Kidder's character, right? Like in the very beginning, she's and she picks up the phone and she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, joke, come on over, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then as she keeps listening, she's like, oh, wait, like, this dude is really messed up and this isn't cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like it even gets to her and she's supposed to be the character that just doesn't take anything seriously, you know, and right. she, she gets angry like after, uh, after a minute or so of being on the phone with this guy. And I think they did it. That was such a good setup because you know that she's kind of like the boozy drunk in, in the beginning of the movie and they kind of get that first call and they're all surrounding it. And she's just like, Hey everybody, like we all have somebody that we know that like, Oh, this is no big deal. I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah. I'll jump on the train tracks. Like nobody. And then she, you know, she picks up the phone and she's like joking around with them. And even she, after a while, is just like, oh, like, this am is I, hard. Am I remembering it right? It, it's the point in the conversation when he says, and I'm going to kill you all or something like no, that. No, that's when yeah. he hangs up, right? Or does he go on after that? I, I thought that was when she hung up on him. I may be yeah, remembering yeah, yeah. that wrong. Yeah. But I felt like that was a turning point in it where she was fun and games. And then it just got so real for her. Yeah. Scary, even yeah. scarier than her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I thought that was so well done because it, it kind of like signals the point of like, oh, this is serious. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think it yep. shows in the very beginning of the movie, like that this isn't to Dave's point, like we all got crank calls and stuff. But at this point, you Some know, of us made them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just feel like that moment in the beginning of the movie where it really gets to Margot Kidder's character. And then as she goes through the movie, you, you see that she doesn't take anything seriously. But that one moment kind of took yep. the wind out of her and it was just like, Oh, it was too much. So I thought that was just really well done. I, I just think the calls in it are so like, especially, and the actresses knowing that they're not reacting to that exact thing. Like, you know, they do such a good job because, and the camera as it moves past them and stuff, or just focuses on them. It, it's, uh, there's such creepy moments, even me as an adult, like an, like an old adult now is just like, yeah, somebody called me up and, doing that like i would just be like freaked out i'd be like no no thank you stop it well, they stop have it. such a hard the an actor or actress in that in that position is such a hard job because everyone watching it is just saying just hang up the phone yeah 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 absolutely so they have to play it with a balance of intrigue and suspicion of who this is and, and wanting to get this to stop and being fascinated by it but also it you know eventually with olivia hussey it actually scaring her but she has to stay on for some some reason, you know, plot reason or something like that. Yeah, uh, because I gotta when, track this call. Yeah, yeah. When, whenever yeah. you see that in a movie, that that's I, when you see a good one. I always think that that's such a credit to that actor because the, it, all of us are just like, well, just hang up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then leave the phone off the hook. Yeah. The other person I wanted to really talk about was John Saxon because I think it, well, him and the laughing detective, like that stuff is just so golden. You know what I mean? Because it the film has such a good sense of humor, but John Saxon, I get, you know, and pretty much everything that he did. And I was just thinking like, obviously he was a big actor. He did almost like 200 movies like in his career, yeah. but there's a part of me that just feels like John Saxon should have been bigger. If you know what I'm saying? Like he should have been a bigger star. Like, I just feel like 
Like, obviously we know him, everyone knows him, but it's not like he was, he's like, I, I don't know who to pull out of that era, like the sixties and seventies, you know, like, like, a, like, a, you know, what Harrison Ford became or something. Like, I just feel like J John Saxon should have, well, he's like, he's a TV Roy Scheider. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I and I mean that with respect because yeah. like Roy Scheider just had that face that that popped on a movie screen. You yeah. know. Yeah. And but then John Saxon had a lot of Roy Scheider in him, but 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 was was you know was just smaller. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, and so and so on on TV he could he could be a big presence, and in the movies he's a strong presence. Yeah. You know he's a he's a reliable character. You know. Yeah. Yeah, well, and he's and he's great. That's I, that is meant as a compliment, you know. But yeah, he's, Car those Carmine those two were definitely Car going to the same auditions. <laughs> yeah, right. What was that, Phil? Carmine Orico is his real name. Oh, really? <laughs> John Saxon. Yeah, I had no um, idea. Yeah. Oh wow. No, I I remember him. For, you remember he was in uh, I think Enter the Dragon. Right? Yeah, like, he's in Enter the Dragon, yeah. which was artist and like absolutely Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which, no, I, I like John Saxon a lot. He, yeah, he's I like really him too. I mm -hmm. well, I think in this movie he's really great because he's kind of like the sort of like strong centerpiece, but he never like really overdoes it. Like sometimes you'll see cop movies and they're like in a horror or thriller movie, and you're like, don't you answer the phone? Like he's not like a tough guy. He's like gentle, but he's like firm at the yeah. same time. And he's got this. I love the bits with him and the desk sergeant where he's just oh, well, like, and, and, and the other like the other guy that and they're making fun of him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, again, it all felt very real. Like I don't know if that yeah. was improvised some of it, but it just it was it gave it a realism and you cared about these characters and you could see that they cared about the townspeople and they were trying to help. And those light moments, this kind of built on top of each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they also layered him as a red herring too. There's a couple of scenes where you're like, wait a minute, what is the cop? Um, there's a scene where they ask about tapping the other phone in the house. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Max phone, Miss Max phone or whatever. And he's like, Oh no, there's no need to do that. And it's kind of, they're kind of almost like painting him like, oh, he could maybe he's a bad guy too, you know? Like we don't know. Like, yeah, that's it's well, kind of a who done it a lot of the a lot of the movie. Yeah, well, guys, um, we're not even and, getting to the like the abortion thing. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we have so, to like, again. Yeah. Very, very Dave picked a topical like, film. Phil <laughs> mentioned earlier. Yeah. You, Phil, you mentioned yeah. earlier yeah. how like how real some of the some of the stuff was and, and and how progressive it seemed. That that B story is super progressive. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. One hundred percent. Totally. And you know, like the greatest dialogue in the movie is like when Kier. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Is it Dola? Delay. 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 Yeah. Well, when he like says like let's get married and I'm gonna leave the conservatory or whatever and stuff like that and. And she turns to him and has this like, it's not a monologue. It's like a little speech, but she's like, you know, you wanted to do all these things and I still want to do my things. Like you, you give up on your stuff, yeah. but, and I just felt like that that was such a strong, like, I don't want to say feminist moment, but like female moment where it was like, yeah. especially at a time in like 1974, where it's like, I want to do my stuff. Like, I don't care what you want to do. I want to do what... You know, and in so many movies and TV shows at the time, it's like the woman was just like supporting the guy. And in this movie, like you have a female character that like outwardly says like, no, I have a purpose as well. And I want to follow that purpose. Like how often right. do you hear that even in a movie today sometimes, right? 
Again, again, this is why it seems so ahead of its time. And like, it's shocking to see a movie this old. And you say 74, but I'm sure this was shot in 72, 73, you know, like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's. It was Roe versus Wade era, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. It was, I think it was released a year after Roe v. Wade. Yeah, Yeah. released a year after. But it's Canadian too. So we should know, we should (laughs) mention that it is in Canada. So that's Roe Roe v. Wade, eh? (laughs) <laughs> i mean but it's supposed to take place in the united states because he's got uh john saxon has an american flag on his desk so or you yeah know. but they never they never specifically say where right it's just kind of a thick no no they never town, do right yeah they never do they never i was trying to catch uh, a little bit of it because at the end of the film when she has been sort of tranquilized because of all the trauma they're saying they say there's some conversation with john saxon and he says oh her parents are coming down from and i couldn't catch the name of the town and i was like oh like where are you know like where are you where are you you know what i mean but it doesn't matter wherever they are it's cold and it's christmas right yeah holding christmas yeah it would have been like a simpsons town you know (laughs) yeah yeah Fairchild yeah. or whatever, you know, like uh, exactly. some some BS name that's everywhere. Well, but that goes to how kind of simple the story is, and that's why it works so well. It's you have this thing happen. Mm-hmm. You have you have everyone acting how you would normally act if something like this happens. Someone's missing, like, and you know, people going in and out of the house. There's the search party. They go to the police station, and so um, there's something about that simplicity that, and then using the POV camera when you're seeing the bad guy. It just yeah. builds and builds, and, and that, that tension is there because it feels well, so all, real all the, and so simple. Yeah, I agree. I think it creates an environment where all the characters are working for the same purpose except for that one bad guy who they don't know about, and yeah. it creates this yeah. incredible tension the whole time. Well, and it's fun to see. There's like a good-hearted... It's not uh, mean-spirited, really. Yeah. You know, like, it ha- it's a, it's, it, it still has some of the Christmas vibes of, like, warm northeastern american christmas kind of feeling yeah but with the killer you know but oh, and when she's you know when she's is... hearing that the the children's singing christmas carols and yeah. during the killing upstairs like that juxtaposition yeah. is great, great. and yeah it was totally. really well done again it was just crafted like like by hand you know with love this movie was made as a horror film you know like a homemade horror film that's I don't know. It just has the 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 touch of something that's you know cared about when they made. Yeah, I think I think the edge gets taken off because the killer is just you know just quote a random crazy person. Yeah, you know it's not a personal thing. It's not someone doing it because they hate this and they want to get revenge. You know where it makes it this uh, you know uh, twisted tale of you know you screwed me over five Christmases ago and now I'm back. Yeah, you know, and, and that can cast a sinister pall on it. It's it's just people not even understanding what they're up against, trying to survive. Um, it's a little reminiscent of. Did you guys see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies last year? No. Yeah, yeah. No. Did yeah, I yeah. It's it a little reminiscent no, it, of that without without spoiling that. Yeah. Yeah, without spoiling that, but it's it's a little bit reminiscent of that. The way everything plays out in this. Yeah, I mean, for me, what feels the most tangible to me is that. You know, thinking like no one goes into hysterics, right? There's not, Mm -hmm. there's no like, and that that's kind of, I think what I was getting at with John Saxon, right? Like he's very calm. Like everyone approaches it 
like like we've said, like very realistically, right? Nobody goes in hysterics. Nobody's freaking out. Nobody's, you know, even when they find the like little girl, I mean, the mom freaks out and stuff like that. Obviously, granted, that is something you would do. But when they come and get the carolers and the woman's like, children, get into the car. Even that is like calm. So maybe it's the Canadian-ness of the movie. I, I don't know. But it's got something to do with I it. just feel like no one, it, it never reaches a level of like hysteria in the movie up until like maybe the climax. And I don't even think then, because I don't even think the climax reaches those levels of like that Halloween or Friday the 13th. I just feel like, like she's in trouble and you're like, Oh my God, like what is, and uh, wait, is it him? Is it not? Wait, it doesn't seem like it should be him. You know what I mean? And then well, Christian, Canadian, Cana yeah. Canadians yeah. are even polite. They're serial killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the, it's sort of like how you're going about your day. And that's what really works and what really freaks me out about it. You know what I mean? Especially as you get towards the end of it. Like the ending is amazing. Like the, the last shot of that film, like is just fantastic where you discover that spoilers and for anyone who hasn't figured it out yet you know the killer is still inside the house and you have that attic and it pulls away and everything's quiet right and then the phone yeah. starts to ring as you're watching the credits yeah and you yeah. can hear the wind kind of and there's a cop like out front and and it's just like oh it's just it's so effing creepy it's just like oh my god like yeah the whole thing just I feels like the creepiness of normalcy, you know what I mean? And, and it's just, yeah. it, I remember, I'll never forget the first time, like I watched it on Turner classic movies and, and that ending. And I was just disturbed. Like it left me feeling like, Oh wow. Like this is messed up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think there's a funny, when you watch it the first time you, you get struck by this, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And and it's and 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 you're like, wow. So the moral of this story is like people getting caught up in their own bullshit are really easy prey for psychopaths. <laughs> like, that's all yeah. you get from this movie. Yeah. Also, also always check the attic. <laughs> yeah. The attic. Well, I'm always surprised the police the didn't search the attic either. Like, but oh, I guess in the, in the, how about that shot from outside where you see the, her face in the the attic window? Oh, yeah, no, that's what oh, I mean. yeah, that's like really sick, yeah. just understated. There's a, this movie is understated, but it's yeah. just um, I mean, the, the head, creepy the, nonetheless. The girl with the with the plastic bag over her head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that image alone is 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 so strong. Yeah, and it yeah. and it never gets resolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that I, I love that. I'm, yeah, it's like the yeah. it's like the Black Christmas nativity scene. <laughs> oh I mean, I think you're, I think you're onto something there. Someone, someone should do a Black Christmas. Nativity that's scene. the thing that I didn't like. What I didn't understand: Does the dad do? Are, they never find her body, right? Or at least they hadn't yet. So the no, dad just goes yet, into no. shock, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that is a brilliant bit of business at the end of the movie because a, it's something that would happen. It's the male character that goes into shock, right? And it pulls everyone out of that room. So in that final scene, you're kind of like sitting there and you're like, oh, she's still by herself in that room, in that house. That motherfucker is still in the house. What are you, all you people doing? Like, why? You know, it's I, yeah, I mean. They're Oh, go ahead. In their own perception, they solved the crime. The case was done. Yeah. Exactly. But in reality, nope. The yeah. evil lives on because you're a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> so, I want to so, know though. I want to know how did how did uh, Olivia Hussey beat him to death? 
well, she used the the. I think she stabbed him. I think that's yeah. the idea. Is that it? Yeah. So she had a fire, uh, an like iron. She, she yeah, stabbed him and trying like, to picture tiny Olivia Hussey beating that man to death. I don't know, man. She she, <laughs> know. she had a yeah, strength of character in her. She told him, "I want to do Did my she? own thing." Did she? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I feel I feel that she. I mean, that's the thing. Is like again, like. uh it, it is this sort of like, she doesn't fall into the trope of like regular movie characters. Like Olivia Hussey, like is walks an even keel during the whole thing. You know what I mean? Even when she's standing up to, to cure to whatever his name is, 2001 man. Um, <laughs> even, when she's, even when she's standing up to him, you know, another actress would have been like, I am woman, hear me roar, you know, in number, you know, she would have like played yeah. that up, you know, and been like, no, I have things. That, and she just says it, you know what I mean? And like, and almost like she's coming into a realization of herself. And I just think it works. It's very subtle. It's very natural. And, and, you know, I felt like at the end, like, like anyone, if, she, if you got cornered, you're going to fight back, right? She had she had a gentle strength, and, yeah. and I would say that um, pregnant women lift cars up to save their babies. <laughs> if, someone is, yeah. if someone is attacking you, and you think that this is the guy that's been doing all this, like yeah, that, that's certainly not hard to believe. Yeah, um, I I I totally buy it. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone seen the two thousand six or nope. the, the the other I, one? Like I yeah. have. I, okay. I did. Can I just you talk about it him a little bit. I don't know. Um, I can't talk about. It. It's been a long time. But I remember coming away from it, enjoying it. Really? Yeah. I, I rewatched it today. It's not. It's not terrible. It's okay. Just, There's two though, right? Isn't there a 2006? It's totally like, schlock. It's, what's that? Wasn't there two? 2006 and I've only. There's yeah, two there's 20, 2019, which 2019. I, I heard that one's terrible, but I didn't watch it. But okay. I watched the 2006 one uh, today. Kind of in the back. It's schlock. It's nowhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's nowhere near the original. Yeah, but you know, um, Andrea Martin's back in it. She plays Miss Mac. Oh she plays, wow, like, really? The house mother character. Um, there's a bunch of really obscenely pretty sorority girls. Sure. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it. But oh really? This is before she was like really better known yeah so is she, she plays is she, is she jess is she the main girl no she's like a bitchy southern girl who tries to escape do um, they not do this same got lazy chabert like, in it are there different they do they, what they do is they over explain they make every mistake that the original black christmas didn't make nice they make them all they okay. like explain the killer his backstory uh it becomes no. a living in the wall the calls are are pretty much only at the beginning to make it seem like a black christmas movie but it's actually it's a people in the walls movie and there's two of them and they're crazy and their skin is yellow because they have liver disease and oh, their parents no. were for yeah, serious? any of that That's yeah crazy. it's, it's it well, sounds and, like, and also, like a lot of studio time. notes we need we need to explain this oh, more people need to understand oh, it's kind of it's kind of atrocious, but it, it does remind me of like the knots. It was is kind. Of, there was a lot of shitty horror movies then. You know, it was like yeah, you know, after sort of the scream thing, and and then it just became like hot teenagers, and they're remaking the fog and all this yeah, shit. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. 
doing, you know? Yeah. Um, it was like one of those movies. And it had ridiculous kill scenes. Uh, Andrea Martin gets killed because an icicle falls into her head uh, while she's There's outside. your Christmas story tie-in. <laughs> the icicle <laughs> fell on my, broke yeah. my glasses. Yeah, so, oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't honestly recommend it, but... Um, I would not recommend it. I mean, uh, yeah. I it's so funny because last night when I was I was doing the rewatch and and I actually bought the Blu-ray this time because, uh, um, you know, I've, I've watched it on Turner Classic Movies and on streaming and stuff like that. But I was like, I, I, I've complained about this on the podcast recently many times where it's like I'm subscribed to at least three or four streaming services and anytime I want to watch a fucking movie, it's never on any of them. Right. <laughs> so, and, and I do watch black Christmas at least once a year or once every other year. So I just bought the Blu-ray and just watching it again. I mean, Bob Clark, apparently he had this thing like boarded out, like boarded out according to John yeah. Saxon, like the whole thing was like yeah. boarded out and Bob Clark, like what is that scene where, who is it? It's, um, yeah, it's the house mother, right? Where she's getting killed. And then it cuts to the taxi driver and he's in the front door in the Magnum. And he's like, hello, hello. Like yeah, there's some yeah. really great transitions. There's some really great cuts. There's some really nice, like well thought out camera movements. And I was just, I just kept thinking, this is 1974, like low budget Canadian filming, like well done. Like I just, I just I, I, so I, think well I, I could be wrong, but I think Bob Clark had done a couple, uh, even more low budget kind of horror yeah, right before this or something. And so, yeah, regardless of what he did later, he made two classic movies: Black Christmas and Christmas Story. And so, and that's, Porky's. That's oh, more. that's right. He did. <laughs> Hello, children no, shouldn't uh, play with dead I, things. I, I did watch Porky's, and it was. I I didn't think Porky's was so great. This is a terrible movie. Absolutely, it it stands as a legendary film. You have to. You have to. You have Can to. Can I? Give it up tell you that i saw that in the theater my uncle took me to see port and i was like what is happening <laughs> yeah i was a little kid and i was just oh like my god. what is oh happening right now i was like this is great <laughs> i was just like oh my what? god yeah no but but uh, bob clark also directed children shouldn't play with dead things which i think a lot of people consider a classic i do not no, I think I do not either. I yeah. could not say that. I, I don't know why it but. is, but people consider it a horror class. And then Dead of Night, which I don't think I've seen. I don't think I've um I He I've, says that's oh. the one that has his most violent kill in it that he's ever shot because he's to not check in, that out. into the gore. Yeah. You're all, okay. you're all dancing around uh that he directed Rhinestone with Dolly. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't gonna mention <laughs> it. I mean you're hey. just you're you're bearing the lead here, everyone. Yeah, but the year before he directed a Christmas story, like there's a gem in there, you know. Oh, Turk 182. That's right. Oh yeah, wow, yep, that yep. was on heavy Holy rotation. Shit. He directed Turk 182. Yeah, he directed yeah. Turk 182. I oh love God. it. My I love favorite that Phil's, movie of all time. I love that Phil's like, oh shit, he directed Turk 182. Like it was like Casablanca or something. Loose cannons, guys. Anyone? I don't think I've seen that. That was Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd, like Buddy. Is buddy it, Connolly. Is it, God. That sounds awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the poster looks like, the poster of Gene Hackman looks like, yeah. give me retirement now. <laughs> yeah, what am I and, and an episode of Amazing Stories. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know, Black Christmas. I mean, what do you, do you recommend it as a Halloween watch or more of a Christmas watch? What do you guys think? I will Halloween. say one thing. Yeah, I, I would say both. 
But I would also say, like, Thanksgiving um, to comment on on Christian, what you said earlier about like watching scary movies at Christmas. That is kind of like there is a European tradition for that. There's a oh yeah, Krampus. Um, Yeah, Krampus and and the 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 BBC would put out all these like Christmas ghost stories. So I and you know Nightmare Before Christmas touches on this idea for the American audience. You know. that that these these holidays it's like the holiday season and it kicks off with kind of you know Halloween and then it ends with Christmas New Year's you know yeah uh, yeah what have you so well, I I'd say I'd say it's all free range you know yeah, I think <laughs> it's all it'd free. probably be a great double like a bill turkey. with Christmas Story you know like you start with Christmas Story with all the kids and the family and then the kids get tired. And you know, <laughs> they go to bed, and you watch Black Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Edit, yeah. Them, yeah, edit them together. Edit them together, and just at the end of Christmas Story, you just put up a title card that says, "And on the other side of town." <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I know. It's right? weird because you know Christmas Story is set in what 1948 or something like that, right? Like yeah, the yeah. late 40s. But even though this was 1974, it's the same cinematographer, like. When you see those colored Christmas lights and around the door, yeah. yeah, it has the same like the house itself. I took a picture of this to show Christian. Is like the establishing shot of the house looks like the establishing shot of the house in Christmas Story. Like there's so many yeah. little kind of parallels in how it looks that it, you could kind of blend it together. I think that's a great double feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be. I mean, that is an interesting take. I would love to see you do that trailer and put that up on YouTube. I mean, probably <laughs> pulled out for copyright violation. But I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's funny because so again, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, I share the TV with my family. We're not like the family that like the kid has a TV in one room and the parents have it, and we're all watch. We tend to like make it a point to like watch together at least, you know when it's something appropriate. So, so my wife is not, she's like during Christmas time, she's like, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, come on. I want to watch a horror. No, no, no. You had your chance in October. (laughs) She's like, now it's time for happy and warm things. So I tend to watch these things like in the middle of the night, like when everyone else has gone to sleep, but this, this, and I know I'm going to get shit for this silent night, deadly night um, are two of my holiday favorites, like to watch by myself. And, uh, yeah, I, I just well, I was I was going to say, actually, I, I think what our job is and anyone listening to this job is, is to get your partner to watch this because it you think it's just this mindless, you know, slasher, bloody flick. But it's really not like, yeah, I'm, no, I've, I've, I've been not. telling my I've been telling my wife, I want her to watch this. I think she would really enjoy it. Yeah, because it's it's really well made. Um, it I is. think that that should be our mission going forward is to get any uh you know slasher stink off this one to get more people to enjoy it well but the well, thing like, is is it is disturbing joe i mean it's not like well, it's i mean a, it's, it's not, a horror movie i mean yeah yeah know, yeah it's but a scary I mean, it's movie like, but it, it's not it's not friday the 13th you know yeah. it's not jason bashing people no. against against uh in their sleeping bags right? i would definitely well, say my, my, my wife loves the murder shows like we we watch a lot of the true crime shows whether it's the docuseries or actual based on true crimes or podcasts got so it this is not that different from something like that it's not a slasher yeah. movie. There's not blood splattering all over the place. No, it's kind of artistically it's, done. It's no, less no. violent than Scream. No, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, but totally. But but to my point earlier, I mean, even after I watched it last night, and I was getting ready to bed, you know, go to bed, and you know, my wife's out of town, so it's just like me and my daughter, and the you know, the house is all dark and stuff like that. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to say, 
at least it gave me the heebie-jeebies. It's definitely a thing like after you watch it, at least to me, where I'm just like, uh, oh, is the attic okay? Like, like you know what I mean? Like I, you know, and uh, you know, maybe that's not for everyone, but I, I understand what you guys are saying, but there is a segment of the population that's like, fa la 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 I just want to be happy. There's no bad things. Trump doesn't exist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just listening to Christmas music. Oh, is the little drummer boy playing with Bing Crosby? And, you know, it's just like, so I, I understand what you're saying, but like, that's the thing is like, I, I agree with Joe's point is that we should, we should remove the slasher stink in, in, the way that it is not mindless. It is not like a gore fest. It is not, I think it is more Hitchcock than anything else. Quite honestly, that's how I felt about it last night, but I it agree. will yeah. to its credit, it will leave you with the heebie jeebies after you watch it. Oh I'm, yeah. 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 Oh, it's a scary movie. That, yeah, that last sure. shot is like fucking yeah. disturbing. I don't it, care what it anybody knows, says. It knows its job and it does yeah. it well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that last shot leaves me, and then the phone ringing and I'm just like, uh, 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 stop it. Stop it. It's just, it's, it's so well done. And, and if anyone hasn't seen it and has an open mind, definitely. And, and I would say watch it in the cold weather too, because just cause it takes place in the cold, that that's just my opinion. If yeah. you're watching it and in July night. and at night. Yeah, you know. exactly. And at <laughs> night, exactly. And at night, not in broad daylight. If you're, if you're so. looking for cozy and with a drug and, mark and in an attic possible. Yeah, right. yeah, and in an attic, yeah, with a plastic bag over your head. <laughs> with a plastic bag over your head. You got to experience the full, you know, the full yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. an immersive, yeah. it's an immersive yeah. experience. I need to see if the new Beverly is screening it again this year because I, I oh. would love to see it with an audience again. If it is, let's all go. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Any final thoughts on Black Christmas besides the fact that it gives you the cre? the heebie-jeebies and reminds you not to hand a plastic bag to your kid uh, <laughs> so it doesn't get stuck on their head. Uh, any huge, final huge thoughts? Re huge recommendation. It does make me sad for the trajectory of Margot Kidder's career because yeah. she is dynamite. Yeah. Can't take your eyes off her in this movie. Yeah, I wanted to mention that when you said Margot Kidder too, like the thing that I kept thinking about while I was watching this movie was her audition for Superman. Because when yep. you go back and you look at the special features of those Superman things, the reason you can see why she got it, and it's because she's not treating it like a joke. And I don't know right. if that's the direction that the other actresses got. And Margot Kidder was lucky enough to be like, oh no, this is supposed to be serious. This isn't a joke. But she nailed that audition and she's great in this. So I just, mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention that like while I was watching her, I remembered that audition and I was like, that's why she got Lois Lane. Cause she was, you know, an amazing actor, like a really good actress that just for some reason, well, I don't know if Superman just ruined it or, you know, but, and her mental health problems, but should have gotten a more due to, to her career. I think, you know? Yeah. 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 So anyone else with final thoughts on black there's, Christmas? There's a a short film that I, I saw, I didn't see it, but apparently it's on YouTube or Vimeo. It's called It's Me, Billy. It's like an unofficial. No way. Oh. Sequel to the original film picks up the story 50 years later following the granddaughter of Jess Bradford. So I guess it's on YouTube or Vimeo. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, I got to find Billy. that. Yeah. Well, that so. that has the stink of the 2006 remake. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. It says it, it, says I, I will it was not well. Endorse that. It says it was well received, so oh we'll see. Oh my god! Oh, oh okay. My god. Well, by whom? 
I just <laughs> by whom I I just think that the other thing too that I kept thinking was and this is like my brain the a sequel idea which is that basically she decides to have the baby after Kira Dula is is killed and that baby grows up knowing thinking that the father like you know tried to kill the mother and like grows up disturbed himself and then ends up you know killing that's just my Hollywood executive brain uh, functioning. I would have liked to see something like that, but apparently Bob Clark likes to take credit for he, he's, he kind of does. And he doesn't like for Halloween for the idea for Halloween. Yeah. Because that was kind of like, he had a general idea that he says he mentioned to John Carpenter, but um, that he, he always follows those statements up with like John Carpenter made Halloween. He made a great movie. It's his movie. He cast it. He shot it. You know what I mean? So, but, uh, I, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know there was like a beef or anything. Oh, I don't know that it's a beef. I just think he's it's just in the like, commentary. Yeah. 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 And, and it's beef, also beef. Now Bob, Bob Clark is no longer with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beef yeah. Done. Well, let's it's just already say, beefed. The, the beef has <laughs> been beefed. He's been beefed. Um, but I think that Bob it's, it's, Clark it's, always brought it up when he was talking about this movie. Like he, he made sure that he was yeah. like, yeah, so I was going to direct this movie that John was going to, you know, that John wrote. And we were talking, he asked me about a sequel and I was like, oh, well, the guy escapes from the mental hospital and uh, it's Halloween. It happens on Halloween. And it's like, uh, you know, a couple of years later. <laughs> you know uh, yeah yeah well i mean the fingerprints are all over it yeah yeah any, sure. you know, even if it's just totally yeah, yeah even if it's just oh i've well, seen this and it's gonna i mean what bob Halloween clark is, is Halloween's learned amazing. from yeah bob clark but, learned from the italians too like sure. it's mario bava yeah, it's yeah, yeah. argento Absolutely. it's stuff that was happening in the early 60s with john saxon yeah actually mm -hmm. in them you that's know? right mm -hmm. um, but and, I, oh no go ahead go ahead sorry no, that was that was kind of it. It's just like it, it's part of a cycle, but in the American cycle of the early seventies, yeah, this is a stone cold classic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It came from a lot of stuff, and it influenced a lot more stuff. But yeah. for its time period, I'm telling you, kids, it's you got to so watch good. this movie. It's I think great. even today, it's great. And it's funny because the thing that I noticed that at the end they do the same thing that Halloween does, which is like. Every scene where somebody's murdered, like it goes to one room and then mm -hmm. it goes. And at the end yeah. of Halloween, they show all the spots where he was like, where he killed somebody or where he was. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, wow. Like that is at the end of Black Christmas. I was like, oh, they're showing us where everybody died. And I was just like, oh, OK. And then I found out about the Bob, Bob Clark comments and I was like, uh, uh. but anyway, Black Christmas. I, I love it. I think it's great. I think we all love it, right? Yeah, it's a class. Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Hey, thank you to whoever chose this film. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank <laughs> we you, owe you an eternal gratitude. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but I, I, I enjoyed talking with you guys. And it, it, it is a great movie. If, if you haven't seen it, watch it either on Halloween or Christmas or in between. Yeah. Watch it on Easter. Throw a curveball. <laughs> well, you may be watching it on Easter with the way the strikes go. Hopefully, whenever this podcast yeah, right. comes out. But uh, hopefully, they will end soon and this will actually air on Halloween. But, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having us. I'm going to go thank in reverse you. order. Yeah, totally. Dave Schrader, thank you for choosing this movie. I appreciate you. Tell people where I, they can find you once again and all your stuff. Uh, whether it's, I guess, Twitter or whatever. <laughs> Twix. Uh, 
X, whatever. Um, are you still Instagram. on there? Wow, people are still It's on just there. still there, but I'm not doing anything with it. I think it's like <laughs> time to just like, you know, really leave it finally. But uh, on threads, Traderopolis, and um, yeah, and my movie, Mary Tyler Millennial, is on Tubi for free. And go watch Black Christmas. I think it's streaming on Peacock still. Oh, really? Oh, wow. oh nice. How about you, Joe? Joe Slepsky. Yeah, you can again. find me on every podcast platform you've got. Uh, it's Joe on Joe. It's a G.I. Joe podcast, but it's it's real entry level. We we basically just talk about things that you liked when you were 10 years old. Um, <laughs> so it's it's uh, it, and it's it's evergreen. So find an episode to listen to and I think you'll enjoy it. So I appreciate I, I appreciate being it. on. It's Yo, great. Joe. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. <laughs> Thanks. And Phil Mucci. Hey, everybody. This was awesome. Thanks, Christian. Of um, course. And great talking to you guys. This was this is an awesome movie, and everybody should check it out. And um, you can find me at professordariobava.com. We have an awesome newsletter that goes out to people with lots of cool content. And on Instagram at diabolicllc. Yeah, well, I love Diabolic Phil with a K. To be spe yeah. specific, yeah, I like to pronounce it diabolique, but anyway, that's that's just me being a cinema. That's snob. just confusing. It's like Q U E at that point. Oh I don't yeah, know. yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So diabolic with the K, diabolic with the K. Great. Well, I love all these gentlemen. I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with all of you whenever I get to have you um, on the podcast or in person. So maybe if there's a screening of Black Christmas, we can all attend together. But uh, again, my name is Christian Horn, and this has been another episode of the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. You can check us out on parttimefanboy.com. Our email is ptf at parttimefanboy.com. We are still on Facebook. We are still on Instagram. We are not on Twix. I have not signed up to any of the new social media sites because I don't know why. I just haven't. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it. I don't want it. Anyway, Black Christmas. You, Please go check it out. Uh, it is a wonderful film. It'll give you the warm heebie-jeebies all over um, around Christmas time. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we will be back soon with another episode. Bye. Part-time. 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 Part-time.